welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Well, good morning, and welcome to our latest episode of the Define the Relationship podcast. I'm Ted and Stick. And I'm Darlene. And um, we are enjoying a beautiful morning. Sun is shining. The wind has died down for a change. And um, looking forward to some more conversations about our relationship with the Bible. Today we want to delve into chapter 4 of Peter Enns' book, How the Bible Actually Works, and the title of the chapter is A Math Equation, which is wisdom, a major theme of the book so far, equals time plus diversity. Mm -hmm. And so we'll get into what that equation means and how that works, but um, I want to pick up on the metaphor of parenting in relationship to how we approach the Bible, which is a favorite metaphor that ends has been using. And, uh, so I'll just start with this quote, Darlene, and maybe you can comment on, um, the significance of it. Ends says parents have to stay flexible and be ready to adjust on the fly because situations change and children get older. I really can't think of a better analogy for how the Bible works as a wisdom book. And I do mean the Bible as a whole. Do you want to comment on, on that, Darlene? Parenting is a great analogy. And there was a few, though, well, there's probably lots of examples that kind of come to my mind. But um, if you're a parent, that's part of, that's very real in terms of our experience um, as being parents with our own kids that are growing and are grown. And I thought about, actually thought about this story with my dad um, a long time ago when I first entered into pastoral ministry and um, was working through, uh, you know, what for my parents and for many people was a very kind of solid belief that, that pastoral ministry was not something for women. <clears throat> and my, my parents had been very supportive along the journey. And, but I remember my dad saying, you know, like, um, what if I've been wrong all this time? You know, cause I think it was a scary thing to kind of believe that God meant for something to be one way and then to come to a different conclusion uh, when you're forced, when he was kind of forced to grapple with it, when his own daughter is kind of doing something that he felt God, he felt he had understood what God said about that. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, it feels first of all, just like a very, really vulnerable thing. Mm -hmm. So, and problematic. It's kind of like, am I just, am I just being flaky now and just doing my own thing? Or did God change? Cause I thought God didn't change. Hmm. Right. Yeah. 
I just I think maybe the um I mean this this is a an issue of what type of um like approach we bring to various aspects of our life and in this case we're talking about how we approach the bible and how that affects our faith and um this idea of how parenting is an important metaphor i think we I don't know where we get this idea, but we sometimes get the idea that there's just a right way to do things. And if it's parenting or if it's marriage or if it's um, our work life or finding a career or whatever, we just have this, we somewhere pick up the idea that, well, you just have to get that right. You have to figure out, you know, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to, to do this. And, um, Life is not like that. Life is often um, figuring that something that we thought was was important or the right way to do thing, we sometimes realize, well, there's there's maybe a better way or maybe times have changed. And um, and so I, I think that your example is a good one because we, we get stuck feeling like if we thought one way, there's no room for us to change how we think going forward. And that comes down to, I think, again, uh, an ideal of what clarity means, mm -hmm. right? We want clarity or we have had this sense that the Bible is clear, God is clear, God doesn't change. And so if we are changing our minds, that that's problematic. And so... In this particular chapter, ends is kind of um, leading us again and reinforcing again the adaptation within the sacred text itself. Um, because, again, we're given this story, the Bible is a conversation that takes place over a thousand years, from the mm -hmm. earliest writings to, to the latest writings, this is a conversation that is going on. And, and when we see that Deuteronomy speaks of God saying one thing, and then in Exodus, we, we see that God is speaking in another way. And we, we were either, we were either been, we've either been told that we have to ignore that, or we have to say, well, that's a problem because God you know, clearly said this in mm. Exodus and what the heck, mm -hmm. why is God saying something different in Deuteronomy? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, like you mentioned that, um, in this chapter ends talks about that the Bible as we have, it was, was written, put together roughly over about a 1300 year period of time, mm -hmm. which is a bit of a difficult period of time for us to wrap our heads around. It's, it's big. You're, you're on the verge of turning 50. So you've been on this earth for f almost 50 years. And uh, if you even just think about that's relatively a small section of time compared to 1300 years. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I imagine if we ask the question, like, how has your thinking changed in the last 50 years? Um, there would probably be a lot of shifting and changing in how you've seen certain things. The world has changed a lot in 50 years. Um, might even be interesting to talk about all the different ways the world has changed in the last 50 years that you've been on this earth. And um, this shifting is something that we are being invited 
to engage in the scriptures. And I feel like what, what ENDS is sort of helping us walk through is um, this, there's kind of two ways we might approach the Bible that might be unhelpful ways. The one is to um, try to just make everything as uniform as possible. And like you say, sort of put us, put aside the differences that we see, try to explain away the differences. Um, and that's sort of the more, uh, I would say the more literal kind of approach to scripture, although it's not always about being literal, but it's about let's make everything uniform. And, um, on the other hand, there's people that say like, well, you know, if there's all these differences, then it just means that it's something that needs to be ignored. You know, like, um, if you had that much contradiction in a court case, if you were bringing a case as a lawyer, um, things would fall apart quite quickly with that a level of contradiction. So many people have just said it's really not worth engaging because it's obviously got too many mistakes and it's got too many holes in it. And ENDS is inviting us to take a bit more of a nuanced and kind of dependent on wisdom. And I think the parenting analogy really holds because parenting doesn't usually work very well if you are dealing with one extreme or the other. I, this, this reminds me of like when we were becoming parents, um, which is quite a long time ago, things have changed a lot, I think, since we, we became parents. And we were, in, um, we were influenced a lot by a parenting author, Barbara Coloroso, and she talked about, well, often parents are either brick wall parents. I would sort of connect that to people who just want to, you know, be clear about <clears throat> what the Bible has to say so we can approach the Bible as a brick wall. And the other is sort of like the jellyfish parents, and they kind of just let anything go and, you know, nothing matters and stuff like that. And the invitation of Barbara Coloroso's parents was that we would find um, what she called backbone parenting, which was like flexible and yet firm. And I feel like in some ways, Peter Enns is inviting us into sort of approaching the Bible with some backbone. We don't have to shy away from contradictions and things that seem confusing. And at the same time, we can try to find that which is essential or significant at the heart of the scriptures. And that is, in at least Enz's words, this is a, a wisdom approach to scriptures. Yes. Yeah. Just to give um, one example um, from, from this, he, he kind of gets pretty deep into some of the issues in, in Deuteronomy, which we won't take time to do today. But, um, I'm just gonna, before you do that, like, do you, do you find that interesting? Like when he starts getting into some of the details of the differences between books that tell a similar story, um, in the scriptures, like the story of the Exodus and the early years of the people of Israel, um, when he starts getting into the details of when things were written and and how um, how they were different and stuff like that, is that something that kind of gets you excited, or is that something that kind of makes you start to to glaze over and say like, oh, this is getting way too way too deep for me? No, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does make me um, actually want to do dig into it even further. I I wouldn't say that Deuteronomy is uh, an easy book 
to, to read, um, you know, the, or the laws, the books of the laws. And there's a lot of, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of things in there that can make you go like, why am I reading this? What what significance is this? (laughs) Yeah. The Um, the ancient aspect of those scriptures sort of is all over it at times, right? It's like, this isn't the way we talk about things or the way we approach things or even how we tell stories. It's very different. Yeah, right. So let's pick up on uh, the heart of this chapter, which is the equation that we mentioned before. And uh, ENDS comes up with this simple formula that if we want to think about how to derive wisdom from our connection to the scriptures, wisdom equals time plus diversity. Mm-hmm. Do you want to unpack that equation and uh, maybe give, give a bit of an example of how that plays itself out? in the Bible and uh, what's significant about that? I think one of the things that is impacting me in this chapter and in the book as, as it continues is um, a reimagining of, of time and how um, the change over time, I think I think I've had um, a view in which adjustments, diversity in the how how things change over time, um, is either good or bad, you right. know. And and wisdom is is the 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 continuance of of time and situations, the diversity of, of, of people and context and, um, um, yeah, situations affect the ways in which people move and how God speaks. Right. And that essentially we need to continue to, um, hear how God speaks new and fresh to each in each time right in each um in each diverse situation and and this is not a divergence from god's word from god's way um this is the wisdom of mm-hmm. god right and so you know um, there's a number of specific examples in the chapter, but just to throw out one of them, you know, we have this sense for those of you who don't necessarily know the order in the books of the Bible, but like Exodus comes Genesis, Exodus, and then Deuteronomy comes after Exodus. And we kind of, can read it like but not right after just, just no, no, to be not clear, right, right after, yeah, yeah. but it follows yeah. um, Exodus, but we can have this sense that, you know, well, we, we, we don't always remember the time that takes place in between some of these books. Right. And so when you're reading something in, um, in Exodus, for instance, that 
where the law is given to Moses and it is that false worship um, is going to cost you. It's, there's going to be punishment and it will extend to, into the third and fourth generations. And then Deuteronomy... So just to be clear, the, the idea is that if uh, you, as a person, breaks the commandment on false worship worshiping idols, Mm -hmm. that the punishment will be that there will be an impact not only on you, but the impact will go to your children, your children's children, and your great-grandchildren will be impacted by your decision. Right. That's talked about in Exodus 20, verses 4 to 6, and then also in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 5, 8 to 10. But it's not just uh, on the negative side, if it's false worship, it's also if you obey and you serve Yahweh, that that will extend for a thousand generations. Wow. <laughs> so hold that. And then, you know, fast forward to the book of Ezekiel, to the prophet Ezekiel. And in chapter 18, verses 3 to 4, Ezekiel is saying that God says that. Only the person that sins, only the person that serves Yahweh and obeys Yahweh, only that person is impacted. It's not going to carry forth positively or negatively. It's not going to carry forth into the other generations. This is the word of the Lord. Deuteronomy, this is the word of the Lord. Right. Ezekiel, this is the opposite word of the Lord. And so you can look at that again and say, well... You know, did God change God's mind? Were these people hearing God wrongly? Who was hearing God correctly? Or did God kind of change? And so if you take the equation and you say, "Mm, okay, so wisdom equals time plus diversity. What might that mean when we read Deuteronomy? And what what might that mean when we read what appears to be the opposite word in Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. So there seems to be, interestingly enough, there's a progression or um, an innovation of thinking around punishment and keeping the law from the, from the later word about that to a more recent word. So I'm not sure exactly what the timeline is, but I mean, it's roughly... Um, the Exodus giving of the law to Ezekiel, I mean, it's roughly about, I don't know, 750 years or 900 years. I mean, um, I'm, you know, just being, uh, just paraphrasing the time period, but it's significant. It's like centuries and centuries later. Um, so how are we, I mean, this, like, let's delve into this a bit more. So how are we to understand what is going on here? This, is this more about shifting thinking in the people of God? Um, or is it about shifting thinking in God, God's self, that God is, is learning something or God is changing? Like what, how, what are we to make of this, do you think? Some people, um, sometimes we think about 
how people are understanding God. So when even in this, in the scriptures, when we read that God said it is Ezekiel's understanding of what God said. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so maybe it's, as time is going on, people are, people's understanding of God is evolving. You know, if they lived, um, in a context of, of many gods and understanding that unless we do the right sacrifices and obey the gods, then gods are going to be angry. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's makes it understandable that people have a self-concept of God that starts to evolve as God is revealed to the people of Israel and as God is revealed as time goes on. And so, you know, there's updating and adjusting as time goes on. And, and I think what is, I, I, I don't know what's all going on. I, I you know, yeah. I, this is part of the mystery too. Right. But, but I think at the at the foundation of it is this, like I think, good news that God is continuing to move and speak to the people, to creation, in different ways, uh, in their understanding, and and that and that that adjustment is. It's like we're given permission. Mm-hmm. It's like we all have permission slips. Like if, if we've seen it one way and then we're starting to understand something evolve, that this is, we have like absolute permission the, the, to do that. Mm-hmm. This, this is what the books are showing. Right. That we're growing in wisdom. Yeah. And, and just, to, I think that's a, that's a great point that the, um, and I think this maybe connects to what, what ends is trying to get at is it's showing us something about the Holy scriptures and how we understand it is that there is this movement that is being recognized and being shown. And it's would be dangerous for us to simply kind of fixate on a, a scripture from the book of Exodus that says, this is the word of the Lord and then say, okay, let's understand what the word of the Lord is. It's right here. It's said right here in the book of the Bible that is, you know, this is the word of God. And now we need to deal with this word of the Lord. We actually have to say, well, okay, what other words of the Lord relate to this area or the, of life that is being talked about here? And how has it been pro- progressing? Mm-hmm. And we might have to kind of take multiple voices on worship of false idols and uh, and we might have to kind of think about it in in a different way as we go forward and realize well there's some movement here so we can't just look myopically at one passage we actually have to take the totality of the scriptures in mind as we move forward and there's something back to your like parenting analogy if we haven't done that if we if if we haven't changed in our parenting, if we were, were the same as when we read Barbara Coloroso's book, you know, 25 years ago and haven't kind of moved and adjusted things, I think that 
would be so sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why, why would we not, why would we not also view our life of faith in that way? Mm-hmm. I think we need to confess, <laughs> you know, and repent from that feeling that, um, that we need it to never change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, yeah, but there's like, that is so awful. Like it's so egregious. Yeah. And it seems like if we're not opening ourselves up to an ongoing conversation with the Bible as we have it, but also an ongoing conversation with the world that we live in, um, it kind of reminds me of, you maybe heard of this quote before, but it was the the German theologian Karl Barth who um, was around during World War II, and um, he's kind of known for this statement. I'm, I'm assuming he actually said it, but he said that, you know, it's for the, for the church leader needs to have the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. Mm-hmm. This is kind of how you, how you lead uh, people of faith. And it's, so it's, it's a, it's a recognition that the scriptures are important, but also the relevance of where we find ourselves today mm-hmm. is also super important. Mm-hmm. Um, like and this, so when, yeah. so, oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no. So when God is saying one thing to Moses and then God is saying another thing to Ezekiel and they appear to be contradictory, this is the diversity of God speaking to different people and different times and, and, and the wisdom of those, those unique individuals, but those unique communities and those unique, you know, um, time periods. Yeah, totally. Totally. Like, um, I think it also part of this, part of what's going on that we need to take into kind of into our thinking around the Bible is that um, this is not a, this is not a holy book that kind of dropped from the heavens and hit the ground and a people found this book in its entirety mm-hmm. and said, here, the word of God has dropped into our laps and now we need to take this word of God um, kind of as a as a plan for how we are to live, this is a document that was gathered together over a long period of time by human beings. And you see the human imprint on the scriptures all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, one could make a case that there is... Um, there is a increase in understanding that takes place with the people of God as they move forward. And God is working. God's imprint is also on it, but it's in, it's in conversation with the human imprint. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I know in one of, uh, one of ends earlier books, um, one of his more academic books, he, he makes the case that just like our Christian understanding of Jesus Christ as being fully God and fully human. This is a this is a traditional orthodox understanding of who Jesus Christ is. He says the same way the scriptures are both fully human 
and fully divine. And mm. so there's a there's an interaction going on here. We can't pretend like it's only a divine word. There's also a human word involved in this. And sometimes yeah. we look at it and say, oh, you know, like there's, it's actually one of the incredible things about the story of scripture is that how often the mistakes and the wrong thinking of the people is highlighted. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's probably one of the, like some people have said that it's one of the, the best evidences that it's legitimate is because it's so often self-deprecating of the people of Israel. Huh. Um, like it's, it's pretty common. Like there's lots of uh, stories of the Kings of Israel and it's pretty clear that in many nations of the world, the oracles of the Kings, that is the histories of the Kings often were set up to highlight the victories and the triumphs of the king and not really talk about the things that didn't go very well for the king. It was kind of like, more like propaganda. Right. And we see so much scripture that's actually pointing to the, um, yeah, just where the, where the kings of Israel were off track where they made mistakes, where they did things in the wrong way, and this is highlighted and it's it's identified, and it just sort of suggests to us that there's something more going on here because it's so real. It actually looks like what human beings look like. You know, they have triumphs, but they also have uh, great failures. Um, and so there's something organic and and real about the the way the Bible comes to us. And if we come to it and we just say, like, well, just take it as it is, you know, that's just the way it is, read it, obey it, we're really stepping out of the the dynamic that the scripture is offering us. Yeah. So the wisdom piece, I want to come back to the wisdom piece, because I think we're all kind of looking for wisdom in our life. And if we're engaging with faith, in any way, um, we're trying to find a path of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the Bible has felt like an obstruction to that mm. for so many people, myself included, when I've either been like, it's too confusing, I have no, you know, it's too ancient. Mm-hmm. And, and it's too diverse mm-hmm. and, and then somehow I've been given this narrative that I just have to find the right answers. So mm-hmm. putting those two things together just, I think has created this perfect storm of many people saying, I am done with the Bible. I can't even read it anymore. It's been so, it's been so weaponized. It's mm-hmm. been so abused it's been so it's so confusing and so I, if i'm just like a regular person who's looking for wisdom in my life why would i read the bible why why do i still want to engage this and um you know Maybe if you're listening, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe it's not where you're at. But um, there is an arc 
also in, in the Bible, there's like this, you know, like we were just talking about, like God is apparently saying completely different op- contradictory things to, to Moses and to Ezekiel. Um, but if we look at also all these, you know, all these books, all these documents over a thousand, over a thousand years of them have been put together, that there is something, there's also some beautiful, like some threads that are running through it. And there's an arc and there's a movement of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in our own context, again, we're living in this, in this tipping point time of like racial inequality being highlighted and, um, continuing to be in this pandemic and God is, what if God is speaking and moving fresh in this way, moving us towards justice, moving us towards oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, and what if, yeah, what, what if, um, we have this freedom and this responsibility to walk a path of wisdom in our time and in a diverse way. So I don't know. It's, it's still like, um, I still kind of have this question underneath. I think that it's like, so why, so why would, why do we want people to pick up the Bible? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't always feel like I have a good answer for, for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good question. I I wonder and this is just this is just my opinion coming out of our conversation, but I wonder if part of the part of the wisdom we get from our interaction with the Bible is to develop the capacity to think through and wrestle with and take new information in and ask the question, what is God doing for us today? Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that Enns talks about in this chapter. He says that even though it's obvious that the authors of Deuteronomy are writing from a different time period and quite likely quite a long distance from the time of Moses, that there's the way it's, written is there's an expectation that the word to the people of Israel in Exodus is also a word to the people who are receiving the word in the time of the writer of Deuteronomy. Mm -hmm. And we don't know exactly when those time periods are, but there's a sense that it's the same God who is leading God's people to be people who choose life and not death in their lives. That's the life of wisdom. And, um, part of having a wisdom approach to the scriptures is that we don't treat the scriptures as just being some ancient book that exists from another time and has nothing to do with the time that we live in. But actually, there's a word to those people that it's also a word to us today. 
but it's not just a word that we can just sort of say, well, it's the same word then as it is today. It, it's a word that has to be wrestled with. Um, I mean, one of the big things that I think we as people in the 21st century have to wrestle with is we have to wrestle with um, what we know about science, like what, we, what we've learned in the last 2,000 years since the writers of the Bible wrote it, like a lot of things have changed. The way we understand the cosmos is very different. And, um, and that's not to say that science always has the last word, but we have to, we have to engage things differently. Um, there was no concept in the time of the Bible of us doing damage to the creation, the way that we live in a time where it's quite obvious we have done much damage to our planet. And so, um, now to say that, does the Bible have nothing to say to us in our time? I think it's quite clear that there's a, there's a vibrant vision of the planet that we live on being God's creation and that we are to care for it. And this was a word that's been around for thousands of years, and it actually means almost more Mm -hmm. in our time to think that through Mm -hmm. because we are facing planetary collapse and so the word to steward the creation that comes from the very beginning of the book of the bible is seems like actually a really fresh wise word for us yeah it's not something that's like well that has nothing to do with what we're dealing with right now so um this is i I think i mean in ancient wisdom is wisdom because it actually can stand the test of time, but not in some sort of like one plus one equals two way, but actually more of a, how do we rethink this for our time? You know, how do we go back while we move forward? It's, uh, it's a real wrestle and we are done a real disservice. I think if we want to choose one of the other two options, which is either just, well, it just is what it is and we have to follow it or it has nothing to say to us and we reject it. There's something that we're being invited to that requires to us to engage both sides of that. Or go beyond both sides of it because Mm -hmm. both of those are very binary, right? Yes, It's either, it's either this or is that. Yeah. And I think we're learning to um, to let go of those binary positions and enter into something more messy, mm-hmm. but also more beautiful and true. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a difficult conversation. Um, we we're glad that you are taking time to enter into the wrestle, and uh, you probably got a clear idea today on this episode that, you know, these are questions that we don't have necessarily answers to all the time. And we're learning, um, all the time. And, um, I believe the wrestle is a big part of it. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, we just, I think the wrestle is so important. Thanks for uh, muddling through things with us today and uh, look forward to next week's chapter, which uh, I'm not sure what that is right now, but uh, we will, Darlene's going to look it up right now. Next chapter is when everything changes. Oh, perfect. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks for being with us. Take care, everyone. See you next time.